Oh, Rob, thank goodness oh. this back door was open. It's I know. It's really pouring I, out there. I'm soaked. I, I can't believe the rain just came down that quick. I don't know, but you know what? We are so lucky to have this uh, back door was unlocked uh, right at this house by the cemetery, and we made it in just in time before we got soaked. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> who would think? I mean, we're in Boston. Uh, as far as I remember, people lock their doors. They don't leave them open. Yeah, it looks like uh, this hasn't been occupied for a while, though, so I, I think we'll be okay. That's true, judging by the amount of cobwebs I've been running into. <laughs> it's pretty dusty. Do you hear that noise? Yeah, it's like a a cat or a child stuck in a closet. I mean, that it's really strange. I think it's coming from this basement door over here. Boy, that door looks kind of rusty. Don't catch your hand on it. Yeah, no joke. Thank goodness someone's left this set of keys. We just have to try each and every one before we get down there. Okay, yeah. Well, let's try the first one. See, see <sighs> if that works. It worked. What are the odds? Nice. Look at that. First try. All right. Today's our lucky day, my friend. Clearly. It's pretty gross down there. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, Give me the flashlight. Here, here you go. All right. Thank you. All right. Oh, what the hell was that? I don't know. I have no idea what that was. It It kind of looked like a set of eyes. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Okay, the door just slammed shut. I'm not liking this at all. What in the hell? Okay, it sounded like somebody, something or someone moved to our left and the crying has stopped. Yeah, I'm not liking this. Uh, I, let's go I'd rather back, be in the rain. Let's go back up the stairs. All right. Um, the, what is oh, wait. that in the corner? What? Ooh, another. What? How many pairs of eyes are are those cats or raccoons? Like, what's going on know. here? I don't think we're, we're clearly not alone down here. I don't like this at all. Does not somebody all. have really bad asthma? It. It, yeah, I'm hearing this too. This is creeping me out, Rob. Oh my God, what the hell is that? It's it's like a wax homunculus. Uh-uh, no, no, no. I, I I think I know what's going on here. This is this is the Freudstein house. This. Oh shit! Just our luck. Uh, no, no, no. We got to get out of here, Rob. Uh, the door. I can't open the door. He, he's coming, Rob. He's coming. Look, he's he's about like. Let us look. out! Help! He's like six feet away from us, Rob. Rob, we got to get out of here, Rob. I know, I'm trying, I'm trying, but the door won't open. Rob, do you want to, here, hurry, eat this sandwich. Luckily, I brought some lunch for us. Here, have a sandwich real quick, because he's still coming. Okay, thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. We got to get out of here, Rob. Uh Uh-oh. We got to get out of here. He's four feet away now. He's still coming, Rob. Here, Rob. Luckily, we have time to, let's get our taxes done real quick. I think we have time to work on our taxes real quick. Okay, here, hold this jar of bees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got our. Ta- this is nice to have the taxes done this early, though, because we'll you know we go get our returns in. It time. is. He's still coming. Yeah. He's, oh. he's almost to the bottom step. Rob. I I still can't get this door open. I I don't know what's happening. Oh wait a minute, Rob. Look at look over here though. Look at that. Look at that painting. That's a nice painting though. I like that frame. That is that. That's an interesting painting. I mean, who would like the Mona Lisa naked? Wow. Who, who thought? Yeah. yeah. That could be worth money. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this with us, but we still need to flee because he's still coming towards us. Yeah, I think he's about uh, three feet away now. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. Let's go. Hurry. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, just gonna scoot scoot by this waxy figure here. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, okay, you, are you by him? Yeah, but look at there's a lot of corpses around here. He's clearly been busy down here. What's with all the torsos? Like, is he fucking these things or what? 
I don't want to think about that. Oh, he's closer. We got to get out of here. Okay, let's climb up the other stairs and hopefully there's a way out there. There's a little crack. I can see light coming in through it. He is so close, Rob. We're not going to fit through that crack, man. I think we're screwed. Our goose is cooked. Yeah. Oh, he's almost on us. I am really tired, though. All this running has made me tired. I'm just going to take a brief nap. Okay, you go to sleep. I'll keep watch. I'll wake you up if he gets any closer. Thank you. I Just a small one. Just a little shut eye. I just I feel tired. Okay. Wake up, Mark. He's a foot away. Oh, oh, a foot away. Holy cow. He can move. Yeah, he's really fast. Okay, we got to... Are we going to fit through that crack? It's really tiny. No, I don't think we're going to fit through that crack. We kind of jumped out of the frying pan into the fire here. He's really close now. He's like on the fifth step. Yeah. What did you do with that jar of bees? Maybe we could throw it at him. Here's the bees. Okay. Why do they smell like crap? I don't know why. Rob, just... Okay, here. Don't... Here, just... Just get rid of the bees. Oh, God, I made it worse. Oh, they're after us. They're not after him. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, he's really close now, Rob. Jeez, I don't know what else to do. We've got no weapons. We've got nothing. And he stinks. He does. He's oh, oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to vomit. Uh, Oh, he touched my shoe. He's six Uh, inches away now. Oh, no, this is bad. This is bad. We're doomed. We're going to die. to a widow who finds out her husband butchered his mistress and then took his own life. That's where Peterson hanged himself from that iron rail. Research project on suicide, where the researcher commits suicide. 
Don't go inside, whoever you are. Don't go inside. Someone's in here, Mommy! Away from the door. Don't worry, Bobby. I'll get you out. Why? Who's there? Who's in this house? Dr. Freudstein. Listen to what I said. Welcome back, all you fans of the Midnight Mass Creature cast. We thank you for joining us in the House by the Cemetery from 1981 or, as it's also known, Huela Villa Acanta al Cimeteria. And I'm sure I butchered that. <laughs> That's a whole lot of words. <laughs> and I'm sure I will butcher anything else Italian, but I want to try my best. And I'm not making fun of anything. I just want to try. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so this one was my pick. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, but I... Uh, I want to know first, because I'm excited. What did you think of it, Rob? I enjoyed it. Okay, good. That makes I me mean, happy. You, From what you told me, like when you told me beforehand, don't try to make sense of it. Just, you know, watch it. Um, so I went into it with that mindset of not trying to say, you know, what does this mean? You know, what's the meaning behind this? So, yeah, just watching it without trying to make sense of it made for a more enjoyable experience. Awesome. Okay, good, good. And now you just you just recently watched this, correct? Yesterday, yeah. First time viewing. Okay. First time. So now back in the 80s, I burned through all the slashers, you know, because I was really into those. And then I started kind of branching out into foreign horror. At the time, I didn't really understand that. I didn't know what it was. And a lot of these movies. I just, I would rent them. I would watch them. And I was like, I, I don't like this stuff. It's, it's to me, it seemed, um, uh, bizarre. It seemed like it, there was just stuff thrown together shoddily. Um, it seemed, uh, gross for no reason. Um, I just like, it just did not appeal to me at all. Um, and I, I kind of found it all very distasteful. It wasn't, it wasn't that slick, polished uh, Hollywood stuff. Mm. And it, it just really turned me off. Okay. Okay. So give it about two decades. And then I started revisiting these films. And I fell in love with the Italian horror genre. All the things that I found off-putting about it are the things that I love. I love just the sheer weirdness of it all. 
I love the, now I don't know if you watched it in Italian or if you watched it dubbed, but I actually like the, not technically not dubbed, but the, uh, the English version of it. Um, I just, the plots are so almost like dreamlike, um, like a, like a waking nightmare kind of thing. Uh, they're just so all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I that, love that stuff. That I like the I, feeling I love, that I got from it too. Yeah, I I love it. I love it so much. Um, so I I was really worried what your first experience with it would be like. Uh, so I'm glad it was a positive and not a negative. Yeah, um, it was uh, okay. It reminded me in some ways of watching Extra a little bit because there was a lot of very fast paced type things, but then it was almost disjointed in a way. And I kind of was trying to, I'm still processing it right now. I'm trying to make sense of a lot of things that had happened, but it also in a way reminded me uh, because it took place in Boston, that whole new England horror type thing where it's uh, almost Lovecraftian in a way. Uh-huh. Because yes. you've got the uh, the Dr. Freudstein who is kind of like uh, Dr. Alan West, you know, the, the reanimator. And it, it just had that kind of feel to it almost. Mm-hmm. And well, it, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off. Go. Keep going. Um, no, just. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. What I wanted to say. Well, and I also uh, like that it's a foreign director giving you his interpretation of America. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I, that's that's very fun. Um, I, I, I So basically, I, like in the 80s, I was like a teenager, but it, seeing it for the first time. But you, you're an adult seeing it for the first time. So you have a lot more horror movie exposure experience under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, like to, to bring to this that I did not have, you know, I only had, like I was saying slashers, I had hammer horror films, that kind of thing. I didn't have like a whole lot of uh, other input from other types of horror, basically um, in my, what's the word I want? Like, like in my back pocket, you know, to, to play off of when watching this. And I think that was part of my, uh, my issue as a, as a young and watching this. Okay. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, so I'm glad you liked it. Um, now the director is Lucio Fulci. Um, and I love his work. Uh, he's done a ton of things. Um, now that you're receptive to this, I think I'm going to make you watch other ones later on down the line. <laughs> I think I want to see, cause this is the third part of his trilogy. So I would like to see the first two. Yes. Um, and it's, it's like a loose trilogy, if that makes any sense. Like you didn't, the other ones won't really help you with this one at all. Yeah. So I, I had a feeling they weren't going to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so as far as the trilogy goes, the first one in the film um, would be city of the living dead from 1980. And then the beyond from 81. Now he's also done a lot of, they're called uh, like um, giallo films. And it's like a, kind of like a mystery murder mystery. They're very usually graphic. It usually involves like a, a, killer that wears black gloves kind of thing. They're usually uh, have a lot of like uh, sexual overtones to them, kind of psychosexual. Um, 
one would be like a lizard in a woman's skin from uh, 71, the New York Ripper from 82. Um, and then he's kind of uh, done a zombie ones as well, like to cash in on like the popularity of those films. Um, one I really want you to see a zombie from 1979. I think you'll love that one. Uh, he also did another one, Zombie 3 from 88. Um, <laughs> that one has, his name is Jeff Stryker. He's a uh, actor, but he also did uh, gay porn. <laughs> With um, a name like Jeff Stryker, I was just about <laughs> to say something like that. <laughs> yeah, but um, Zombie, the first one I mentioned from 79, I definitely, um, since you and I discussed this about, um, you know, kind of opening up our, uh, our uh, parameters instead of just doing 80s and 90s, maybe venturing to other decades. Uh, if we're going to do that, Zombies one, I definitely want you to see because I think you'll get a kick out of that one. Yeah, we um, fixed our TARDIS and we're able to visit more than two decades now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, just a couple other ones. He did Don't Torture a Duckling from 72, which is really good. Um, he did uh, The Black Cat in 81. A really odd one called Manhattan Baby from 82. Uh, he did Conquest, which is kind of like a, a sword and sorcerer kind of one from 83. Uh, Enigma from 87. I love that one. In the 90s, he did Demonia and uh, Voices from Beyond in 94. Uh, I love Lucio Fulci so, so much. Um, so I'm really glad we get to talk about this one. Weren't, didn't we talk about Demonia at one point? Like, or refer make reference to it? It sounds familiar. Um, I don't think so not this one i wonder if you're thinking about when we did demons maybe oh maybe because that was called demoni right yeah so yeah this one's a different film it's not about the oh it's okay. not about that one yeah 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 okay <laughs> you're fine you're good um so anyway that's lucio fulci i just i love him so much um so do you want to jump into the film and then as we come up to the actors we kind of discuss them because there's not like a lot of really actors in the film there yeah there's a handful yeah there's just a small handful we can probably get around to them as we um as we visit what they're doing because yeah it seems i think that would be easier that way sure okay um so <laughs> i just want to say that um it was nice to be greeted with boobs at the beginning of the movie <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> uh, but what I love too is all throughout the movie. Did you notice that there were wolves howling? I thought that was okay. So in between like the weird sobbing, um, I did hear some like wolves going like that. Right. Well, like is, is Boston like infested with wolves? <laughs> Not from what I remember. <laughs> But I love that. See, okay, so one of the things I love so much about this movie is it it's got so much like like air quotes horror elements. It's got the creepy house. It's got the cemetery. Mm -hmm. You know, I it's like the cobwebs. It's got the wolves howling. I mean, it's so much of like the horror tropes, but I love that so much. It doesn't detract from the film. It like adds to my enjoyment of the film. Right. Oh, did oh, you find yeah. uh, this, this whole thing strange? The selection of music at sometimes it reminds me of like some seventies black exploitation. 
uh, where it's like, you know, it's doing that whole thing when he's walking through the city at the beginning of the film. Oh yeah. And I love, I love the music. Actually the music's by Walter Rosati. I love the score for this. For this okay. Movie. That's, I, I just I found it. that interesting. Cause it does sound like some funk disco type stuff that you would see in like a grindhouse film maybe. Oh yeah. Very much so. But don't you think that this kind of, in a lot of ways feels like a grindhouse film. Like, couldn't you see this as like a drive-in theater? Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 No, I'm glad you brought that up though. Cause I do love the music so much for this. Um, so yeah, as you, as you mentioned, we, we get press. Um, and so this woman is looking for Steve uh, and uh, she, she basically does find Steve, but not the way she wants to find Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, Ooh, quite the, was half of his head missing. Cause I thought I saw a brain. Yeah, I think he was pretty. Yeah, he was not in good shape. He was basically hanging from the uh, basement door. Yeah. And uh, she goes to scream, but she doesn't really quite get the whole scream out because we oh, see this knife through the head, man. Exactly. Right, right out the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then as she's drug away, we notice that there's like a ring on her finger. They make, make sure to do like a close up of that ring on her finger. Yeah, so who, which one was married? Was it uh, Steve or was it her that was married? Because I got the impression from the way she talked that like they were having a romantic rendezvous and one of them was um, not being faithful to their wife or husband or something. I would say, well, I don't really know that they actually clarify that at all but i'm gonna say probably steve was the one who was walking stepping out on his wife yeah that's what i was thinking because it, it felt like that say. and i didn't notice the ring on her finger though oh oh okay so they hone in on the ring because way later way later the i the dad what was it uh um norman when he's going down into the basement, that ring is on the step. Oh, okay. And he picks it up and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> he's like, I'll just take this here. Nobody's using it. Yeah, but they, they that same ring is on the, the stair. Basically to show you that's where she ends up. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, then we kind of jump from there. And I do like the movie just kind of gets you into the action of things pretty much right off the bat. There's not a lot of downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then from there, we go to the um, apartment in New York of the family that's packing up to leave to come to Boston. And there's this photograph of the house where we just were, the house by the cemetery. And in the photograph, there's this, like, in the window of the house, there's a little girl looking out the window she's got like her hand pressed to it and it's like she's got a frozen screen yeah she looks like she's in distress Mm -hmm, exactly and the little boy that we're going to be following through the film his name is bob he's kind of like entranced just staring at that picture and who in the hell names their kid bob (laughs) what a stupid name (laughs) (laughs) i don't picture you being anything at all like this child whatsoever no, because As my child, name, my name was not Bob, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just like the blonde and just uh, the whole thing. I don't picture you at all like this child. Yeah. Well, no, um, I, I had red hair and I think I was less annoying or maybe more annoying. I don't know. 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I find Bob pretty grating. <laughs> he He's pretty irritating. And also like the other problem I had is that maybe that they dubbed his voice and the person that they chose for the voice actor for Bob was not a very convincing uh, eight to 10 year old boy, I guess. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, throughout the years, this actor has gotten a lot of like negative pushback and he always points out hey you know what that's not my voice you really can't do that to me <laughs> yeah i knew immediately yeah. it wasn't his voice because when he was talking like there's something i watch people's lips when they're talking <laughs> so <laughs> it's like i know when something is a dub and when something you know it's not a dub and yeah. plus it's just that voice is clearly uh, not a child's voice now and like we talked about before these italian movies they they weren't shot with sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's always going to be the case with these films. You know, the voices, whether they were speaking English or speaking Italian or whatever, they will always go back in and have them dub in the voices. Yeah. So you'll always get that weird kind of disjointed feel, which I love to me. Like it makes these movies all the better. Yeah. It didn't um, take me out of it. It was just funny that like the voice that came out of his mouth was not that of a little. Boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, that's Bob. And actually the actor is Giovanni Frieza. Uh, he was in Manhattan baby, which is another Fulci film uh, warriors of the wasteland. Um, he was in a blade in the dark, a, a blade of the, I think it's a blade in the dark. I think I wrote it incorrectly. Um, and then he was also in Demons from 85, which we should watch sometimes together. We um, did. Oh, wait, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking Demons too. Demons, yes, we did. He played Kirk, uncredited, in Demons from 85. Yes, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Demons too. Oh, um, which sorry. one? Wait, what was Kirk? Um, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, okay, yeah, because I can't remember either. No, he was uncredited. He played Kirk, but I could not even tell you who that character was. Okay. And then his mother is Lucy Boyle. And I actually love this actress. Um, her name is Catriona McColl. In the film, though, she was billed as Catherine McColl. Sometimes uh, these Italian uh, lesbians or even sometimes the directors would try to Americanize their names for the American audience just to appeal to them because mm -hmm. they thought that yeah so anyway but she's a uh, catriana she's in city of the living dead she's in the beyond and more recently she's in the theater bazaar and then she also did horsehead which <laughs> horse i don't i don't recommend horsehead i watched that with a friend of mine and it almost severed our friendship it's <laughs> it's not a very good movie but she was in that and That's, not because of her. It just wasn't a very good movie. That sounds hilarious. Think. Like I'm just thinking of, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. It's, it's, uh, it's very uh, artsy and very, and I don't have anything against artsy. It was just kind of meandering and long. And I don't know. It just wasn't the best. I actually, if you want to dig through my uh, Mark in a movie, Instagram account, I, I posted it on there. But anyway, if you want to, if you want to read more about it, folks, that's where you can find my take on it. But anyway, um, so she's trying to get things packed to go, and he's just all like enamored with that picture. Not even enamored, like entranced, I think, more like it. Yeah, um, he's not He's not answering her. He's very unresponsive, and he's just kind of staring off at that picture. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. So now, real quick, we jump back to the house, 
And we have that little girl whose name is May. And she's got the doll. And the, we find out that it's uh, the location is at uh, New, Whit- New, Whit- New Whitby, Boston, is where they're going to end up at the location. Mm-hmm. And that's when the elderly lady tells her that it's time to go. So basically, whenever May is around, she's also um, joined by an elderly woman. Yeah. Yes. Now, May is uh, Sylvia, I think it's Colatine, C-O-L-L-A-T-I-N-G. She was in two wonderful films. The first one was The Great Alligator from 79, and then she also did Murder Rock, Dancing Death from 84. Right. And, and I they, recommend both They of also dubbed her voice in there, too. Or dubbed somebody oh, to play her voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all those. Yeah, yeah. So... We're back in the city and um, we have our father figure, Norman Boyle, and that's uh, Paolo Malco. And he was in Watch Me When I Kill. He was also in the New York Ripper. He was in The Scorpion with Two Tails, which I actually just watched a little bit ago from 82. Uh, He was in Escape from the Bronx from 83. And he was in You'll Die at Midnight from 86. And I highly recommend any of those films. But uh, he's talking to uh, basically his supervisor. Now, the supervisor is actually played by Lucio Fulci, the director. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. And we find out that he's actually going to return to Boston to finish the work of a co-worker who committed suicide while working on the project. And he also slaughtered his mistress while he was there. Yeah, and when I heard that, I thought that, you know, that was our boob lady in the beginning, but it wasn't. It was, uh, the, no. these were just two random people who happened to want to have sex in a, a weird basement, I guess. Exactly. Well, I, see what, and I remember like the first couple times watching this, like, because why wouldn't you try to piece that together? Because you're shown a couple. Yeah. And then you're told about a couple, but yeah, these two people that were shown in the beginning, Steve, and I don't think we even get the woman's name really, um, because Steve's already dead. Yeah, but like, why wouldn't you try to put that as these people? But yeah, there's just two random people who were in there like having sex. <laughs> yeah, basically. Where it's, I think that's the curveball that maybe the director did that intentionally to like uh, make you think that oh, things are this way, but then really, because it's not. And then like it does that throughout the entire movie where you think something, but it then it becomes something entirely different. All right, so then we have, um, <laughs> so they seem, the parents seem very okay with like leaving Bob in the car alone a lot, but that's just <laughs> me, I guess. Um, so Bob's in the car and they're packing up and everything. Mary kind of mentioned something about the, gentleman that that her husband's going to be replacing i think it was about like attending like a funeral or something and norman's like no i'm not going to be doing that because you know how would you talk to someone whose husband's had an affair and then killed himself and then you know killed his his mistress his mistress <laughs> killed his, like, midget. I, I, his midget yeah <laughs> and killed his mistress he's like i don't want to have any part of that you know yeah um and who would so, rightly so you know oh yeah that'd be so awkward so basically, it's short notice. They're heading out to Boston. They're going to end up living in the same house because 
of the short notice, they're not going to really get to pick where they live. They're going to end up in the house by the cemetery. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. So mom has to deal with that. Um, and, you know, dad's kind of fine with that. We also kind of get the impression that mom has kind of some emotional, I guess, issues. Yeah, there's uh it's definitely pointed out that there's something going on. Like, um, am I jumping ahead when where he's asking, you know, do you have you taken your pills? And she's like, I, I don't do that stuff because it makes me feel or it makes me hallucinate. No, you're fine to go ahead and jump ahead because I'm there's so many like little little um um but yeah she's a uh, like she's very like one minute one way and then next minute completely different. Yeah, she has lots of mood swings. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I guess what I'm saying there's so many like little jumps in the film like I, if I stop for every single one it will just be all over the place. So I'm just kind of doing a broad thing. So no you're fine to jump ahead. Yeah. Okay. So basically yeah, you're fine. Um and then we are we do get that scene where um May is outside the storefront window. Right. I wanted to talk about that because that mannequin, yeah, yeah. man, that <laughs> that was one hell of a scene. Well, the okay, so there's three mannequins. Um, I think it's a there's a like a little boy one with a baseball hat, and then there's two female ones, but the one female one looks so different than the other two mannequins because she looks way more realistic right it looks almost <laughs> like a person encased in wax yeah yeah okay so do you want to talk about it um yeah well okay from what i remember and i've got it in my notes but it's also like my notes are disjointed a little bit too um but like she's staring at the that mannequin that looks all too human and then all of a sudden like the head kind of just falls off of it yeah um, and, and like beneath the mannequin, there's like actual skin and it looks like flesh and then there's blood and, you know, May is not having a good time. She's like, no, no. Exactly. And then like it topples forward and you see like if someone had really been decapitated, what it, for all intents and purposes, it would look like. And then blood starts pouring out onto the the floor inside the window and everything. Yeah. Of the, of the shop. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now May is like way across the street of the, from, a, from where they're going to park at the realtors. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she's close. So the parents stop at the realtors to go in and pick up the keys and everything and meet with the realtor. And they, again, they leave Bob in the car. <laughs> oh, I love it. So. They're in there talking to the realtor, and from way across the street, May and Bob start having this like telepathic conversation. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I'm like, she, she can't, um, she's not shouting at him. She's just kind of talking, and she's like, hey, I'm behind you. I'm over here. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're going in the shades of the shining now. Because they're having a conversation with their minds. What I like, though, there's that one part where she says something. She's like, uh, I didn't write down exactly, but she's like, Bob, it's me, May. And he's like, my name's Bob. And I'm like, she just said your name. 
which I clearly, clearly, I bet you if you watch the Italian one, that's not the way it really plays yeah, out. That's probably not. I thought not. that was very funny. Yeah. Um, but while they're inside the agency, the realtor who is, um, let me see where she's at. Oh, Mrs. Gittleson. She makes that comment that um, Dr. Boyle, the, the the father, Norman, has been there before. Yeah, and that's another re- I was like, okay, this movie is really messing with me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, real quick, though, the realtor was played by Dagmar Lassiter. She's actually been a lot of things. She was in The Laughing Woman from 69, Hatchet for a Honeymoon from 70, she was in The Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion from 70, The Iguana with the Tongue of Fire from 71. She was in The Amazing Werewolf Woman from 76. She was also in The Black Cat from 81. And then she was in Devilfish from 84. So she's been in like a ton of things, too, that I highly recommend. Oh, wow. uh, but anyway, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I was just saying, wow, she's been in quite a few. Oh, yeah, she has. Oh, yeah, she has, she has. I think a lot of times these people... Um, worked with um mr fulci or they worked within the same genre a lot of them did did uh, giallo films or horror films that kind of thing mm-hmm. and they just would get hired again and again you now, know they're did, very good thespians so rightfully so but yeah did they all see i'm wondering this like are they all like really good english speaking or were all of their voices dubbed like no matter what um, oh, so the Italian films, they were dubbed no matter what, because they were never shot with sound. Oh, so even this film, like it, it's not the actual people talking. It was dubbed with uh, somebody else's voice. Sometimes they use their own voices. And then there would be some films where like it didn't matter who it was. They were always dubbed by someone else. I just okay. think that was the call of the of the maybe the director or the company doing it. But yeah, sometimes they would have like a, I think we talked about this with demons, but you would have somebody like incredibly famous like you would know them for their voice mm-hmm. and they wouldn't use their voice it's, it'd be very jarring um oh gosh like well you know not this is not the case but like picture like vincent price has a very distinct voice yeah well they would you not i'm using this you know not theoretically but like they would you they would hire vincent price but then they would dub in just some joe schmo's voice and you know so you're watching vincent price but it's somebody else's voice and it's very jarring. Yeah. I got that feeling when um the librarian, that weird librarian guy, um, was talking and it seemed oh. like I could see his mouth moving, but the voice that came out didn't seem like his own because it there was like a maybe a millisecond of kind of delay there. And I was like, Oh, that's a dub. Mr. Douglas. Yeah. The one and, with the curly hair? Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so basically, May's like, you know, you shouldn't have come here. I told you not to come. Right. And he's like, I um, tried to tell them, but, you know, they're not going to listen to me because I'm a little boy. <laughs> right. 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 Um, uh, and then so they go back out to the car and it's empty. And then so they freak out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And they frantically. Yeah. Frantically looking around, and they are relieved to find Bob on the grass with an incredibly ugly doll. Caressing in the way that a 
a serial killer would caress like <laughs> the hair of a doll <laughs> or a victim. Yeah. 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 It's like, I will love you forever. And now right. you are mine because you live inside of me. Right. Uh, but so uh, and this is where he reveals that he saw the girl and now. Okay. So I'm not going to be a stickler for this because we would, we would pick this movie apart. Okay. So I'm not going to be a stickler for this, but wouldn't you at least be like, okay, so where's the girl or how did you get this doll? Yeah. If I, okay. Well, that's probably one of the first things I would ask if I was a parent, like, why did you leave the car? Um, what are you doing with that weird, uh, limbless doll? And Basically, yeah, okay. you know, the questions that, that come to your mind first, it's like, all right, I'm glad you're okay, but where the hell did you get this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But this movie is full, and I not I'm not making fun of it. It's not a bad thing, but I love this movie. This is part of why I love this movie, because it's full, full of people just doing things, and you're like, no <laughs> one would do that at all. Or yes. that's not how you'd react. <laughs> and I'm glad you told me not to uh, try to make sense of it or think too much into it because oh, yeah, that, you can't. that would definitely take away my enjoyment <laughs> of the movie. If I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the point of this thing here? And then I tried to apply like logic to it. It would be like, no, <laughs> I oh, get no. stuck in a rut real quick. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so the, the family and the realtor arrive back at the house. And uh, this is where we first find out that there's kind of like a cemetery involved because she backs into like the tombstone and she's like cursing the tombstone. Yeah, she's like knocking over the headstone. And, and then it's yeah. like, I wouldn't I would be like, we're not moving in here. We're we're going to live in a motel or something. Right. And then she's talking about finding them a babysitter. See, I didn't hear that part. Well, oh, but my thing is, mom as far as I can tell, doesn't work. No, she doesn't. She's pretty much home all the time. Yeah. So I really don't quite get the whole need for the babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. Unless she's um, um, maybe busy doing house cleaning and Bob is just a, a little terror that needs to be tended to at all times. Yeah, right. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. Now this is where though, you know, dad's trying to like sell the place like, hey, it's a quiet place in the woods. But mom <laughs> sees the house and she gets that same like transfixed look on her face because she recognizes it from the photo. Yeah. But he just plays it off like, oh, these all of the houses that were built around uh, the turn of the century or something are built the same way. So it probably just looks like the same house in the photo. And I'd be like, bro, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude, there's a cemetery right here, man. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm like, it's the same exact house from the photo. So, and the more and more this continues on, I almost feel like, especially the way the whole thing plays out, I almost think we might be watching like, like a dream. Like it's, does that make any sense? Somewhat like, like I by the end of the film, I was like, there's, I bet you there, this has happened before, but with, uh, similar people, like maybe this, this takes place over the course of several alternate universes and they kind of converge at a single point. 
because at the end of the movie, it was like, oh, you know, he just, you know, this whole thing happens. And then uh, Mrs. Freudstein is like, we've got to welcome new family members or something like that. And I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just I just get the impression that maybe because so much of this just seems so um not grounded in reality, the way people would like really handle things and just how accepting they are of the out of the ordinary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where he just kind of, this is the part I was talking about where he's like, have you taken your pills, honey? Because she's, she's not happy about the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're back inside. (laughs) I just want to get your feel. (laughs) So they're back inside. Norman's messing around with the pipes and, you know, Nancy's kind of like, or I'm sorry, Lucy is like, you know, we really should have stayed back in Boston and he's still trying to sell, you know, sell the idea of this. He's like, Hey, this will give us another extra $5,000 to spend on, you know, up, updating the apartment. And uh, <laughs> there's that ugly ass doll again. <laughs> um, And then uh, the, the, like you said, you know, mom, mom needs her pills and they address that and everything. Um, And this is where they find out that the cellar door has been nailed shut. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he. Well, no, is is this the part where he tries removing the board from it and then finds that the door is locked? So he goes on a search for the keys to it. Um, I don't think we're there just yet. Okay, because um, this is where uh, mom's like kind of unpacking and everything. And then the babysitter just. Kind of shows up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where the hell? And what's with the what's with the eye fucking? <laughs> um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and and looks just like for all intents and purposes the decapitated mannequin. Right. That too. And that that made me think that she had a part in this, like that she was like one of the uh, supernatural creatures that dwell within that home. But you know, we yeah, come it's all very. <laughs> yeah. Very all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so now uh, and then we get the part where, you know, uh, Lucy's asleep and you get that noise in a shadow, but it's actually just uh, Norman at the desk and he's kind of uh, doing a little late night work and he sees that Freudstein. It's like a bound leather thing, but he opens it and it's empty. And he yeah. hears that scratching noise and the crying and, and and there's like more ghostly moaning and everything. And so he goes to check it out and the he first goes to <laughs> Bob's bedroom and Bob's asleep. So the dad uncovers him and then straightens his legs out and <laughs> covers him back up. <laughs> you shouldn't sleep with your legs bent. It's, it's bad for yeah. your back. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Well, I thought that was so weird. Anyway, so they then he continues down to the kitchen, and that's where Anne's like trying to pry the board off the basement door. And then Norman sees this and just turns around and leaves. Yeah, that <laughs> I don't know. Like there's there's things that just don't make sense, and I'm glad I didn't try to make sense of it. Yeah, yeah. So Again, yeah, anyway, um, so again, <laughs> if this were real, I think the father would have said something like, hey, what are you doing to my door? Yeah. 
Or, hey, why is the babysitter living with us? Or, hey, if we checked your references, there's so many things. <laughs> and why was the babysitter looking at me with those bedroom eyes? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So new day and the parents are in town and everything. Um, and they're kind of like disputing who should keep the car for the day because they have different errands to run. You know, dad ends up keeping it. But then this is where the mom spies the realtor and she says hi to her, but she gets that like cold shoulder from her. Do you remember this? Yeah. I didn't understand that part at all. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm like, but does that play into the realtor remembering him from before? And she, I don't, I don't know. I, but I, I, it made me think like it I felt in a way that it was almost like the similar to the sixth sense where these people think they're alive, but they're like trying to interact with the world and nobody's paying attention to them kind of way, you know? Oh my God. I didn't even go there. Yeah. I oh, don't know. That's just okay. the feeling I got from it. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Interesting. Huh? See, I didn't go there. I was just wondering if it had something to do with the fact that she thought he was there before and she thought maybe he was like, messing around with a different woman or something. I don't know. That's I like your take too. That's interesting. Um, so dad was actually heading to the library and that's where the gentleman before him was also working as well. Yeah. On all his uh, research. And the creepy guy uh, talks about it. Like it's some uh, big kind of deal where he said, do you know where he was found hanging? And, you know, oh, yeah. How morose was that? Yeah, he actually hung himself in that room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, the former the former gentleman was Dr. Peterson. Um, and then now he he had an affair with a woman named Sheila. That was his mistress. That's the one who got killed as well, right? Yes. OK. Did you get the impression. That Sheila worked at the library and that's where he met her. You know that when I was piecing everything together, I thought that may have been one of those things that, um, you know, that was the that was part of it. But I also, for some reason, like the babysitter, I thought the father was having an affair with the babysitter and like he had been there before. And that's just another place that this movie took me. <laughs> but it, mm -hmm. you know, it threw a curveball at me big time. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it's just anyway. Yeah. Um, well, then also I'm like, well, maybe he planned on hanging himself because I'm like, you need something to hang yourself with. Is it just going to be laying around the library or was it premeditated? Yeah, well, I guess it would have been premeditated. Did he get an extension cord or something and, and like hang yeah. himself from there? Yeah. And then um, it's mentioned that. The former uh, person, Dr. Peterson, was like looking up death, cert death, certifi death certificates. Oh, my gosh, help me. And like missing person information, all sorts of things like that, that really wasn't pertinent to the project he was working on. And when he was questioned about it, he said it was just for something he was doing as a private research. So creepy. Now, um we're back at the house and this is where Bob and May are interacting in the backyard. And we first see 
um, Mary Freudstein's headstone in the back. Yes, the grave of Mary Freudstein. And this is where May shares with Bob that she was the wife of the doctor, but she's not buried there. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Um, and back at the library, our researcher, um, Norman, discovers that on June 7th, 1879, uh, our Dr. Freudstein was suspended and banned from practice for uh, his unethical practices. Right. And that whole thing brought me to the, you know, the the weird kind of uh, parallels between an H.P. Lovecraft story and this movie. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For his unethical. Yes. For his weirdness with uh, <laughs> his medical profession. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Predilections. Yes. Now, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> so we're back at the house and Lucy is cleaning and she just happens to uncover a tomb in the floor upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I didn't know what that was at first. I was like, is, did somebody carve like crosses into the into the floor? And then when it well, was why, finally uncovered, I noticed that it was made of stone. And I was like, ah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, why would you assume? Because I've never heard of that before in my life ever, 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 ever until this film. Have I ever heard of a tomb inside the house in the floor? I've right. never heard of that ever. That's not something that happens normally. <laughs> I've never heard that. Um, and then so, you know. And of course, it is Dr. Freudstein's tomb because I, after she outlines across, like you said, she she wipes away the name and it's Jacob Tre Jacob Tess Freudstein, um, or Freudenstein, Freudenstein. Um, and then she hears this pounding sound and it draws her to the kitchen. And you know she's calling for Bob or Anne, and you know it's neither one of them. And now it's overhead, and then she starts hearing that uh, crying noise and everything. And then we hear her screaming. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming outside. that her mind breaks at this point. Exactly. That's yeah. I would assume that too. Um, so dad's home. And then did you notice the fiddle faddle in the kitchen? The what? The fiddle faddle, the popcorn. You... No, I didn't see that. Oh, I was so excited. I loved fiddle faddle. That's the first <laughs> thing I honed in on. Well, it's like, it's fiddle faddle. I'm like, I know. And then it moved around the kitchen. Like there were different scenes where the fiddle faddle had moved and we were trying to decide if that was Dr. Freudenstein or not. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so he's like frantically looking for Lucy and he hears these sobs and he finds her like slouched on the floor crying over by the tombstone. <laughs> and he just like, you know, blows it off. He's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just lots tomb. of houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, what, what was he saying? The, the Oh, yeah, a lot of houses have these because the ground gets so cold. I'm like, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I don't think so. D did they have that in New York? Because New York, it's just as cold. Right, exactly. And so, you know, Bob and Ann have still not returned yet. So um, uh, this is where dad finds the keys to the cellar door. And okay, then, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bob and Ann return and Bob's like, the ghost said to tell you hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mom questions the girl and Ann's like, I didn't, 
I mean, mom questions Anne about the girl, and she's like, I didn't see any girl. And then we get more of the eye close-ups. Yeah, that's, that whole eye thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, just the- like, has uh, Fulci done this in his other films where it's like they focus uh, right oh, in on okay. the eyes? and. So I kind of don't want to tell you this. I want to make you watch another Fulci film before I talk about it. <laughs> okay. Fulci, ha- Fulci has a thing for eyes. Oh, like, uh, um, like uh, Tarantino has for feet. Um, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, Fulci has a thing for eye trauma. Oh, eye trauma. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Like I'm surprised they're really, I don't, I don't think there was eye trauma in this one, which is surprising because he loves him some eye trauma. Yeah. No, there, there was a, a lot of stabbing. A lot of uh, very disturbing stabbing, but nothing mm-hmm. for the nothing with the eyes. Oh yeah, no, he loves eye trauma. Like, okay, he loves eye trauma. Um, anyway, but yeah, lots of eye close ups in this one. And now the keys aren't working. There's a whole set of keys on a key ring that that Norman has found, but they're not working. So eventually, he finds one, but it's uh, he has to actually get a knife <laughs> to help him turn it. Yeah, that's a. That's a hazard right there. I mean, right there. Exactly. So the parents head down to check it out with a flashlight. Um, Dad goes down all the way and mom stays at the top with Bob. Um, There's so many cobwebs down there and lots of dust and trunk and everything. This is the part where I was telling you where he finds that ring from the woman at the very beginning that was killed on the stairs. Oh, okay. you see, I must not have been paying attention because I didn't notice that. And he pockets it. Um, so <laughs> he knew this, she was dead. I, He's like, she's not going to need this anymore. Right. She won't need this. I have many favorite parts of this movie. This is another one of my very favorite parts of the movie. It's the bad attack. Oh yes. I love that. I wanted yeah, I to talk about attack. that too. I wanted to discuss that with you. The bad attack. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> because I have some similar experiences in my childhood in the old house that I used to live in with my family, we had bats in the attic. And in the summertime, the bats would fly down and, you know, come about the room. And like, it it was kind of a normal thing for my father to get the broom and try to, you know, keep the bat from getting stuck in our hair and everything else. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we had a lot of bat trauma when we were kids. (laughs) Actually, Um, I I had some bat stories as well. Um, I were now, I was not always little fat Mark. There was a time when I was just little Mark. <laughs> so this was little Mark and I had my cars, which was rare for me. Cause I didn't, I wasn't a big car kid, but I remember I had my little hot wheels cars playing on the carpet because the, the wheels would get caught and pull the carpet. But anyway, and I, it would be like a horror movie. Cause I remember playing and then I remember like, I was still on my knees and I set up and I turned my head and cause I got the feeling there was something looking at me and I turned my head and I look at the window and there was a bat. It looked fake cause its wings were outstretched, but it was trapped between the screen and the glass of the window. And oh. I about shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember running to the other room to get my parents. And I still remember what I had on. I had on like a white, t-shirt do you know what wacky packages are those no they were okay so they were stickers 
and they would parody real things. So like um, the, the one I had on instead of Sarah Lee cakes, it was scary Lee cakes. And it was like a bloody, a bloody uh, cherry pie with like a vampire <laughs> on it. Well, you so were I had just that a on. horror fiend through and through it. I was, I was. And I had on like little shorts and I had on dark socks with like dress shoes. Why? I, this was clearly when my mom was still dressing me. But I remember tearing <laughs> off to get help because that thing scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Just imagine if it was flying around in your bedroom while you were trying to sleep and you were worried about getting caught in your hair. Well, OK, so here's my next bat story. <laughs> so in college, I had to take a summer course and. It was with uh, Sister Yaki, and it was just an eight-day course that met all day during the summer. And our like, there was like awful stories almost every day. But there was one where we went to Kay's, and she distinctly told everybody not to put anything that would smell like you know they had a scent on your body because we we're going to a cave with bats. So, of course, these two girls, Kimmy and Katie, they were best friends. One was a brunette. One was a blonde. They show up and like this is like the 80s. So their hair is like moose to high heaven. We go in there and it seemed like every bat in the world made a beeline for their hair and got caught. in it. Holy crap. <laughs> so Kimmy and Katie, I just remember these two girls like flying out of the cave with like they didn't even have, have hair by then. It was just bats. It was like their, their head with bats. It was so funny. Instead of Medusa, it was just like yes. Medusa with the snakes. It was all bat. And they were just, and the bats were like flapping frantically to get out of their hair. Yeah. And they were just screaming. Yeah, it was quite the sight. Anyway. Yeah, that was my uh Oh yeah. man. Okay, well, that's more it, traumatic than me because bats never got caught in our hair. We were like we would whenever a bat flew from the upstairs into the downstairs, we would immediately throw blankets over our head and move about the house so they wouldn't get stuck in our hair. Oh. Uh, and then that same that same summer was like the temperatures were just right for the ticks to be really bad. And we went on this one field trip, like every day was a field trip. Um, and we went on a, this one place and it was so bad. The ticks were like dropping from the trees and it sounded like rain. You could hear them hitting. And it finally we just left. She's like, we're going. And it was just so disgusting. They were like everywhere. It was oh, vomitous. Man. Did you like, yeah. did you have to check yourself to make sure that? Oh yeah, it you? was bad. And actually the last day of school, um, one of the girls that took the class with us ha had a part-time job at a bakery and she had them make a giant jelly filled tick cake. Oh, so when you cut into it, like the, the gel was like red and it like oozed out. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I got a thing about ticks. <laughs> oh yeah. They gross me clear out. Like yeah. clear out. Oh uh, Yeah. So anyway, back, back, <laughs> back to the to movie. The movie. <laughs> so dad's downstairs and he's being attacked by a bat. So mom decides to go down there and it gets caught in her hair for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's what made me think about my childhood and bats, because one thing that we always learned is like put something over your head so the bat does not get tangled in your hair. <laughs> And it's like the scene goes on forever, which I love. Like <laughs> the longer that bat can stay in her hair so she can scream and run around with it, the better I am. 
<laughs> but then, like, after it gets out of her hair, I don't know whether the husband uh, pulls it off, but the bat attaches itself to his hand like it's some kind of face hugger. And it's, like, it's like a leech with wings. <laughs> <laughs> and the bat is like biting his hand, flapping its wings, and he is stabbing the shit out of his hand. and With it, scissors. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I put bat get scissored. <laughs> yeah. And he's like stabbing it and stabbing it and stabbing it. And it won't and let go. Yeah, the bat is just not coming. It's like a tick. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. It's not releasing. But finally, like. Well, he like pries it off. Like the stabbing doesn't work. He has to like pry it from his bloody hand. Right. Um, and it disturbed Walter that he did not seek uh, attention from for like rabies after that. He just proceeded on with his life. Right. He's like rabies. What's that? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now, now this is where the family's had enough and they head to the realtor's office and they get the other realtor who's like, oh, whatever. But he'll tell Mrs. Gittleson, you know, that they want somewhere new to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, he, that'll happen. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, because he's later. He's the same guy's arguing arguing with her, um, and we get the impression it's just not going to work out that way. Yeah. Um. So we get that weird scene with May, and she's like surrounded by dolls. Yeah, and I've I've got like creepy kid with creepier dolls. Exactly. Exactly. And then. Uh, Again, we have the old woman that accompanies her just telling her basically it's time to go to bed. And then May's again prophesizing, don't go inside the house. And you know what? At that point when I, uh, the old woman, because they weren't showing face shots at that time. Right, exactly. Uh, I was like, that's Mrs. Freudstein. Like I came to that conclusion. I was like, Mrs. Freudstein is alive. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> And she's well. Yeah. And she's <laughs> buying this little girl doll after doll after doll. Yep. <laughs> so now we're back at the house by the cemetery and our realtor has let herself in. Oh, yes. Because, uh, yeah, now, okay. Mm -hmm. And she's calling for Anne, the babysitter, and she's calling for Mrs. Boyle and she doesn't get anyone, but she is uh, greeted by like that. Heavy breathing sound. And then it almost sounds like the flapping of the bat wings again. Yeah. It's it's like there's a bunch of sounds mixed in together. Yeah. 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 Now, to me, I find that very successful on the creep meter. Oh, definitely. Like it's very eerie to me the way they've done that. Yep. That be, just those sounds alone would creep me the hell out. Oh, gosh. Yes. Totally. 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 So she's okay. So the floor. It contains the tombstone like surrounding it. There's those like beautiful, like stained glass windows. Mm -hmm. So behind that, she sees that shadow. So she goes up because she's assuming there's someone there. Yeah. But right as she steps on the tombstone, oh, it, cracks, geez. it cracks and splits just enough for her foot to go in it. And it's like slam closed on. So she's held in place. It was almost like the thing where the, where the chest opened up yeah, to bite the hand. Exactly. Exactly. And then we see this like decomposing hand grab a poker and it plunges it into her chest. And I times. love that part because you've got the I mean, the broken foot uh, weird thing had me. I was like, oh, no, I don't think I like this. But then you get like um, 
salt poured into someone's eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> because she's not just, it's she's being poked and the thing is twisting it and then it's poking oh, some yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm telling you, this is very, you have watched a very subdued Lucio Fulci film. Oh, it's still traumatic though. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you like, the violence this man puts on film, this is so subdued to some of the stuff that we're going to be watching. Um, because then he ends up at her neck and just plunges at her neck and just spurts and spurts. And yeah. Spurts. And then you can see the hole. It's kind of gurgling. Yes. blood, <laughs> <laughs> Which was a very successful effect. Yeah, that was. It looked real. It looked very oh, realistic. Yeah. yeah. And then we get that more of those crying noises as he like pulls her back. Like towards the cellar. Oh yeah, she's being dragged into the. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, this whole thing. That's what I was like. What is going on here? Because after that, we get like, we get the scene where Anne is cleaning up the blood, and the mom. Well, walks yeah, because there's that the- huge trail of blood. Yeah, like the realtor has left a huge. <laughs> trail of blood because he doesn't pick her up he like drags her right all the way to the cellar all the way yeah (laughs) but like Anne is cleaning the blood and the mom comes in and it's like oh i made coffee for you but she she makes no mention of the blood that's being cleaned up i'm like is that real am i really seeing blood or like what's going on here yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah well and then uh she makes that uh, comment about her visiting her parents again about Anne visiting her parents. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they, they do the eye thing again. Yeah. I, d- I did catch the eye thing. Th- there was a whole yeah. lot of eyes. Yeah. And then, so mom brings dad that coffee and then she's makes some uh, comment that she thinks Anne's a real weirdo. And I'm like, you think <laughs> <laughs> I would not have her babysitting my child if I had any. <laughs> No. Has she said anything? Like, I'm trying to think of words really. I guess she said a couple things. She's not much of a talker. That's for sure. Yeah. She said something about making coffee. And um, I think that was it. Yeah. And and she said that she didn't hear the girl that when mom asked or didn't see the girl where mom asked if she hadn't seen the girl. And she's like, no, I've never seen the girl. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 No, she's not a conversationalist. That's for sure. Yeah. She just likes to uh, she likes to speak with her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so uh this is where uh it's revealed just basically that Dr. Peterson was reading about Dr. Freudstein. Uh, he was a turn of the century surgeon about the illegal experiments, and that um Norman has got to go back to New York to talk to Dr. or to talk to Mr. Mueller, Lucio Fulci's character, um, to see if he could do some more research. Um to see if suicide was somehow connected to what uh, Dr. Peterson was originally working on. So mm-hmm. he's got to go back, and which means he's going to be out of the picture, basically. He's leaving the family alone in the house by the cemetery. <laughs> yeah, which is a very smart thing to do, you know? Right, exactly. Well, Anne's there, so they'll be safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least any and all blood will be wiped away. Right, she'll, she'll um, clean up the blood. And I think it doesn't blood on wood floor stain. Like I'm picturing that's not like an easy clean. You know what I'm saying? No. And I'm assuming that it had to have been there at least a few hours. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but here we are trying to apply logic to something. Right, right, right. 
So before dad heads out to New York, he stops by the library. Um, and uh, it's Sunday, though, and it's closed. Uh, but somehow he's made his way in there and Douglas pops in to check on him. Um, okay, then, is this the... Oh, go ahead. Is this the scene where he listens to the tape recording? We can do it. Yeah, because they jump back and forth. Go ahead. Yes, okay. he listens to the tape recording. Go ahead. Go, no, go. I was just... I had a question. Um, yes, if go. If you had yeah, never yeah. seen anything like that before. But what does he throw? Like, there's a fire somewhere inside of the library <laughs> that's what walt said he's like every good library has has a, uh, a way to be uh access to an open flame on, like when is, it's closed when it's closed is that how they destroy books they just kind of chuck them in there and yeah. <laughs> so yeah i was curious about that i was like well what the hell is the deal with that you know and it's not a hazard you know, to anyone at all, it's fine. They know no one will touch it. Right. They're not worried about yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so basically, yeah, the cassette he found um, was from uh, Peterson's, like, personal belongings. Um, and it says that, like, you know, Dr. Peterson, like, since being in the house, he can't eat, he can't sleep. Um, you know, he's lost all critical perspective on things. Um, he hears this anguish crying. He thinks he's going insane. The house has frightened him. Um, he wonders how many other people have wandered into the spider web of the house. The house smells of blood. He wants to know um, what's the worst of, of the house has in store for people. Um, he hears Freudstein's, vo Freudstein's voice all the time. Um, he sees blood everywhere. He hears the guy's voice. Uh, you know, just basically uh, it's things aren't going well. No. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, real quick, while dad's at the library, um, we get another visitation from May telling, um, oh, from, from May, like Bob sneaks out and plays with her and she keeps begging him not to go back in the house. He's like, but I'm, I go in there and pretend like I'm asleep and I'll come back out and play with you. Oh yeah. He's a sneaky little shit. He is. He is. Um, but inside the house, we see that this is where the blood like starts pouring from like the tomb on the floor. Yeah. And I love that effect. Yeah. I thought that was very the, cool. Oh, very cool. And we also get now we get like a, a, a we're, we're privy to the basement. We see all the like body parts scattered around the basement floor. Yeah. And there's like the bloody cloth and the bloody table and that bloody torso and everything. It's just. <laughs> something's not right in the basements. No, you don't want don't want to go down there. Never. Now this again made me think if you're, oh, I guess there's one answer, but to me, I'm like, don't you have to do laundry at some point unless you're going to a laundromat? Yeah. I don't, didn't they have laundry rooms upstairs instead of like in the basement? Oh, Okay, probably. Okay. And, right. I mean, so, that's okay. just what I was assuming because that basement looked like it was unfit for pretty much anything except right. for okay. storing dead bodies. There you go. Exactly. So dad's leaving and then May is actually outside the library watching him pull away. How does that kid so, get around? I mean, yeah, she's, she's, she's everywhere. She's everywhere you want to be. Um, so... Back at the house now, we have Anne and Bob and their eyes. 
lots of close-ups. <laughs> and Lucy is now in town and she's done some shopping and she's leaving with her bags. Um now, did you notice when she passed by the stores that she was shopping in, those roller skates in the window? No, I didn't see those. Oh, I want those roller skates in the worst way. I would <laughs> rock those roller skates. I would skate like I'd skate right past the house by the cemetery and not go in. <laughs> anyway, so. Wearing sees, a Heather Graham wig. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Don't rest, mess with roller girl. So she sees it's an odd scene i thought because she sees norman drive by and she kind of calls him but he just keeps going did you yeah and, and she, she, also that scene right there it made me feel like that these people did not exist it was that whole kind of six that sixth sense kind of thing where it's like are are these people even real are they yeah, aware and then she just she just like walks out in front of that car that honks at her <laughs> All right, so now we're at home with Bob in that damn car, um, and he hears the knocking noises, and it kind of gets his attention. And this is where Anne starts descending down the stairs, and she's calling Bob, and you hear that crying sound again. Yeah. And she starts looking for him, and then there's more crying. Right. Oh, and she does talking because she's calling him. Yeah. So... This is where she like apprehensively like enters the basement asking if he's all right. And she's like walking real slow down the stairs and she's calling for Bob. And then there's crying noises and the door closes and she freaks out and she starts pounding on the door. And then we see this knife drawn and then Anne starts to bang and she's frantic now. And the knife like... It slits her throat on both sides. Right. Like it takes one jugular and then the other. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and then like, but in the interim, like dumbass Bob is taking forever to get there. Like, he, yeah. And it, that seems to be the theme because it happens yeah. again when he gets, when Bob gets stuck in the basement. But did you notice the same thing I noticed? I'm sure was that it, this was not the creepy dead hand. This was a woman's hand. This time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes the hand was decomposed and sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. But now, okay, we're jumping ahead on this one. They said that he needed skin to rejuvenate himself. Do you think that was the realtor's skin like rejuvenating him? Uh, my theory on that is a little bit different. I think that Mrs. Freudstein actually had something to do with that. Like, Ooh, I thought that okay. that was her hand. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ooh. That, that's Ooh, my thoughts creepy. on it. <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause sometimes the hand is decomposed and sometimes it is not. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, okay. So while Bob's taking forever, we see that Anne's head kind of drops forward just like that mannequin did earlier in the movie. Right. So that creepy little child can tell the future. Mm-hmm. Now the basement door slowly creaks open and Bob starts descending the stairs. <laughs> Once he's down, <laughs> you hear this like thump, thump, Bump noise. And what it is, is, is it's Anne's head bouncing down. 
I love that because you were talking about Fulci and eye trauma. Well, this thing had a whole lot of body trauma to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. But now what I also love is how would that work theoretically? Because that would mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Since her head already dropped off, it would have had to have been brought back up the stairs and somebody. Yes. Yeah. They'd have to be at the top of the stairs, rolling the head back down. Yeah, and Bob would have had to have passed them. But none of this matters to me. I'm fine with all of it. I'm just saying. (laughs) But I'm fine with all of it. Because Bob, like, books it up the stairs screaming. um, And he's got his little flashlight in his hand. And the door shuts on his hand before he can get get it out of the way. Yep. More trauma. Now, the hand that reaches for him is decomposed. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, mom's back home with her groceries and she's can't find Bob. She can't find Ann to help with the groceries. And she's in the kitchen and she starts hearing those crying noises again. This time though, she heads to Bob's room and she finds him in the corner crying. He's very upset. And he tells him, you know, it was awful. And he tells about Ann's head. Yep. So now, now she believes him, which, you know, surprises me. And, you know, these movies that usually don't do that. No, they're usually like, oh, shake it off. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they are in the basement. Mom and Bob are heading down the stairs with the flashlight. In the basement, um, they're looking around. There's nothing to be found. You know, Mom's like, you really had me scared. But Bob's like protesting that it really happened. Mom's not buying it. Then I love this part too. The flashlight kind of goes by and there's those two like evil looking yellow eyes. Yes. I love that. That was a scary. I mean, if I was a little kid, that would have scared the hell out of me because it was very jarring for me to see it just like that. Yeah, that was creepy as all get out. Like, I love that so much. Um, So... There's the uh, they they kind of see that then there's that loud noise and the two of them like like <laughs> kind of proceed rather quickly up the stairs but the door <laughs> won't open. No. So because didn't you hear it lock after it had shut? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now though to to amp up the like tension, we're back at the cemetery or not the cemetery outside the house. No, 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 a different cemetery. Sorry. And Norman is looking for Doctor Freudstein's tombstone oh yeah because the, um, the caretaker he's like well he, dr freud there's no dr freudstein here mm-hmm, exactly exactly um because he's like the place is closed and he's like it's just gossip that he was never buried here at all period so now they're back at the house the house by the cemetery and they have gotten out of the basement and mom's giving bob milk Milk in bed with the giant carton right there by it. Cause I guess he just kept drinking milk and drinking milk and drinking milk. Now, did you again hear the werewolf or not? I made a werewolf hear the wolves howling outside. This time I did hear the wolves. I loved it so much because <laughs> the kid's been traumatized by the headless babysitter. <laughs> and you're trying to like get him to go back to bed while wolves are like baying at the moon right outside his window. <laughs> All we need is Gary Oldman entering be like, ah, the children <laughs> of the night. What beautiful sounds they make. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then 
uh, and then I love how she leaves and there's like, it's pitch black except for the spotlight on like Bob's face laying there in bed. Oh yeah. <laughs> he looks so worried. <laughs> All right. So now <laughs> I've got to give kudos to Bob because he's much braver than I would have been because he gets up out of bed and goes to the kitchen with a flashlight to go back to the basement. Oh yeah. I would have, uh, I would have left that house by now. Okay. So he's down there and he's like, Anne, mommy says you're not dead. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> so he's walking down the cre- in the stairs. And of course the creaky door shuts and bolts right behind him. Yep. And we get more of the creepy eyes and we get the heavy breathing and Bob is freaking out. And so he starts pounding on the door. Now, mom hears this and she takes her own sweet time to get there. That's what I was going to say. It's like, okay, first we've got Bob, like just kind of, da 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 da. you know, I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. And then mom is taking forever to get her ass down the stairs into the kitchen to right. the basement just- door. I'm surprised she didn't like put on makeup and then like fix a pot of coffee, make a sandwich. You know, <laughs> my mom that. would add a couple of cigarettes first. <laughs> um, now I guess okay. So I'm making excuses. So Bob's little, so he probably didn't feel a sense of urgency because he's a child. I'm assuming mom may have had a couple of pills to help her sleep, maybe, and so she was groggy. That's Maybe what I'm going with. When uh, when she got up, wasn't she surrounded by different colored pills? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what were they? Mother's little helpers. Yeah, mother's little helpers. Exactly. All right. So she's now. Of course, she's. No one thought to mark the key that actually lets you in the basement. So she's got to try all those keys again. Mm-hmm. And he's like banging on the door frantically, which isn't helping matters at all. No. And so once she. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's like, and then what does she expect to do? Because remember what the dad had to do to open that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So she's got to turn the knife or turn the key with that knife. And I love the close up because to me, the minute they show the close up of the key, you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. That key is done for. It breaks off in the in the lock. So she's got to try to jimmy the the door open with the knife, which, of course, breaks. Mm hmm. Everything's then, breaking. <laughs> everything is breaking. And now like Bob's freaking out because he hears something approaching and he's getting like really scared. And then uh, they do that shadow thing again where now there's a shadow in the house with mom, but of course his dad. Yeah. And I almost got scared at that point. I was like, oh shit, they're everywhere. They're, you know, everywhere. they're, they're coming from all angles. <laughs> like a bukkake. Right. <laughs> but dad's prepared because he has an ax. And that always ends well. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the axe like smashes through the door and just barely misses Bob's head. Well, didn't you see? I loved how it was like, Bob, get away from the door. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to open it up. And but the hand presses the head to the door. Yeah, like, no, you're not going yes. anywhere. Yes. Um, so the they get the door open and. um you see downstairs the creatures on the or I saw monster, whatever, Dr. Freudenstein. He's on the cot and his hands missing. And there's those baby cries like kind of coming from him. Yeah, which he doesn't have a mouth. So how can how can that happen? I, 
It's so creepy. To me, I find it very creepy. It is. Um, Absolutely. And, and just the way he looks is like this all wax figure kind of thing where it's all kind of decayed, mummified, but yet waxy at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um, and you, yeah, yeah. And then so May screams and then Bob screams and then you get the reveal of all the corpses like hanging around. Yeah. The basement. You see, now, uh, you see Anne, you see the realtor. Yeah, exactly. Would you not think that that would, because, you know, true, Anne is a fresh kill and the realtor is a fresh kill, but the, the girl, Steve and the, and his whatever girlfriend from earlier. Yeah. That, that would start to not smell stink? good. Yeah. Right. I, I surprised that didn't come up in the movie. Like it, like it reeking anyway. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry here. Um, oh, and then this is where, uh, the dad reveals that he needs bodies of human victims, um, to stay alive. He needs this, the cells from their, from, from them to like re re what re reproduce the, 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 the skin tissues, I guess, to keep him going. Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden they realize that uh, Dr. Freudenstein has Bob. So the dad, uh, mom, mom grabs the, the kid while the dad goes after Dr. Freudenstein with a knife. Right. He stabs oh, him. That stab. He stabs him <laughs> <laughs> and like all these maggots come pouring out. Yeah. And I wrote down maggot chili because it looked like chili. And then with maggots in it, just like oozing <laughs> out from the wound. <laughs> How gross. How gross. I'll never eat chili again. Oh, no. See, Fulci can turn you off with so many things, too, because it, it, it's so gross and disgusting. Like the imagery he puts on, on film is just like stomach turning. Yeah. Um, like where yeah. did he get all those maggots from? Oh, I don't. Oh, there's another one. Oh, uh, I think it's the Beyond. Yeah, we'll have to watch that one. I want to watch all his movies with you because it's just such a treat. But there's a whole nother. Yeah, talk about maggots. Anyway, um, and then, but the doctor doesn't care. He just staggers forward. And uh, we talked about this earlier, I think off, off, uh, uh, well, maybe it was on, on while we were recording. But anyway, uh, he, he grabs the dad's neck and rips it open. But like, yes, they all just kind of watch. And didn't, this is the slow motion kill and death kind of thing because yeah, you see a exactly. hand approaching. Approaching, approaching, <laughs> and nobody's doing anything about it. No, the doctor's not fast. Don't think that this is like a, you know, like a, a zombie from like what, what, not a Return of the Living Dead running around. No, this guy is not a, a quick creature on his feet by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, he just kind of Parkinson shuffles along, you know, it's just. Yeah, he is not fast. Very slow. Uh, yeah, so while all this is happening, mom spies, there's like a crack, uh, like up on the ceiling, which is basically where the tombstone cracked open to grab the realtor's foot and, 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 and trap her. Mm -hmm. So she grabs Bob and they hurry up towards it. And we see the footsteps as the doctor staggers closer and they move up the stairs and she's frantically trying to pull the stone, uh, the stone opening apart. And he's getting closer and closer. And um, finally the doctor grabs mom <laughs> 
Yep. And drags her down oh, man, the, the world's that... <laughs> longest staircase. <laughs> Not only that, but you could hear her chin hit every step. <laughs> and they show you her chin hitting every single Yeah, so it's step. like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, again, another one of my favorite scenes. I love it so, so much. Um <laughs> To me, I think we should just become the Fulci podcast and do nothing else to his movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Um, so there's like a like a a hazy fade out uh, because you know mom's laying on the floor at Freudenstein's feet. You mm-hmm. know, clearly either passed out or dead, and we get the hazy fade out. Um, and, and little Bob is trying to squeeze his way up through that opening there. Yep, and they're amping up the tension as, as uh, Dr. Freudenstein comes closer and closer, and he manages to get his head out, and the doctor's so close, and he grabs his leg, and Bob's screaming, but May's there to help pull him out. And the older lady says, it is time for um, a time to go home. And it's yeah. Mrs. Freudenstein. We see that from, because on her tombstone, there was like a little cameo kind of thing with her photo, and so now we see her, and we realize that's who it is. Yeah. And yes. And then the, um, I say there are three ghosts and they depart out of the house and then down the road. You know what? See, at, at that time, like I was talking about it near the beginning of the film uh, where I was like, maybe it takes place in an alternate universe or something like that. But there's definitely something weird because in that cut, the house looks different uh, where, you know, where the two, where he, Bob got pulled up from the tomb. Um, mm-hmm. It looks more colorful, I would say, and it looks uh, more alive. Where then in the shot of the house by the cemetery, it was kind of drab, and the wood was all old and rotted, and the walls were rotted. Um, and so that's why I thought he got pulled into like another universe or something, or like um, like heaven, like so it was like nicer, possibly, yeah, yeah, hmm. And then this ends with one of my favorite quotes ever. Uh, no one will ever know whether children are monsters or monsters are children. You know, and I James. wrote that down too. <laughs> I was like, I really like that quote at the end. <laughs> it really so, strikes a chord with me being a teacher. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not a teacher, but there's just maybe because I think children are monsters. <laughs> or monsters are children. So, yeah, I don't know. I just really like that. So I wrote that down as well. All right, so we have made it through the house by the cemetery alive. Yes. Or not. Or maybe um, we're not alive. Maybe we're just we don't Bruce know. Willis, um, and we're looking for <laughs> our Haley Joel Osmond to to guide us along the path. Um, so, did you enjoy the film? I did. I really liked it. Yay, that makes me so happy, Rob. And then, would you recommend it? I would. I mean, I'm sure that people would recommend that to me. They're like, Oh, you got to check out Fulci films, man. You got, you got to check out like all these things. Cause I have heard on other podcasts, people talking about like the, the foreign horror films and like them being so much better than the, the U S or most of the U S ones anyway. They're just, they're so, they have their own aesthetic, Yeah, which I just, I, I myself love it. I think it's so much fun. Uh, I of course love the movie. I would recommend it to any and everyone uh, who has an open mind about horror. Um, I just think it's so much fun. I'm so glad that you were receptive to this one and that you enjoyed it. Um, That makes me so happy. 
Um, I love sharing things like this with people. And uh, the fact that you enjoyed it so much makes me really, really happy. So thank you for doing this one with me. Hey, you're welcome. I am always down to check out some new horror movies that I haven't seen because it's a bloody good time. So I think that Little Women then might be coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Driving Miss Daisy. Uh. Right. (laughs) Oh, yay. But no, so this makes me really happy. This makes me really happy. Um, Now we kind of have some exciting news, I think. Yes, I think we talked about it. Did we talk about it in the other recording or did we talk about it in this recording? No, I think it was just this recording. Okay. Yeah. So we had a listener reach out and they requested that we do Underworld. Mm -hmm. And then as Walt so quickly pointed out, by the time I got Underworld out of my mouth, (laughs) that it's a 2003 film. Yes. It's not very old. (laughs) No. And our original, uh, even before me, the show's parameters were 80s and 90s films. Right. That's because like the TARDIS would only go to the to the 80s and to the 90s. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we've since um, went to Gallifrey and gotten ourselves a new uh, Byzantium drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thankfully, what that means for us and the listeners out there is we'll be able to cover movies from any decade. Yes, we're going to be bouncing around all over the place. But we also don't want to lose or alienate anyone who's come with us this far. So if you join just because we cover 80s and 90s, we hope that you will still stick around. Um, We're not just going to abandon, you know, 80s and 90s movies. Um, We still love those two decades, um, but we may slip a couple of other ones from other decades in there as well. Yeah, we're still we're not leaving that behind. We're still going to be covering that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll still be doing like, you know, I think I'm okay to say this. Like we still want to cover things like Fright Night, House. Uh, we want to eventually get to Reanimator. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And um, uh, Castle Freak. Yeah. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. So all those things in Texas. <laughs> will be coming up. <laughs> Officer and a Gentleman, War of the Roses, you know. Oh, yes. All of those classics. Um, but yeah, no. So like, it's not like we're just going to abandon the original, uh, concept, but we want to expand a little bit on it too, because other decades have awesome things too, that I think that, um, Rob and I would enjoy talking about, but we also think that you would enjoy hearing about. Yeah. And plus there's like, there's stuff that came out recently where it's like, oh shit, we can't cover that because it doesn't fit under our description. And, but it's like, hey, it's our show. We can pretty much do whatever we want. But we also want to be respectful of the listeners because that's why we do this show as well. It's not just about us. So we really did talk like long and hard about this and we kind of bounced idea back and forth and everything. So we don't want you to think that we're just being very flippant with this. It was something we really did have long, uh, deep discussions about. And we really kind of like weighed the pros and cons of this. So. Yeah, we, we really, that, really thought deeply about this. We did. We did. We did. So anyway, we hope that you will join us on the next episode when we do Underworld from 2003. And Celine in her very tight 
leather pants, <laughs> which yes, <laughs> which is making which, my pants tight. Well, I was gonna say the. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I'll be wearing my tight leather pants pants next time, so there'll be camel toe on my end. <laughs> man, man what, what do they call that? Moose knuckle or uh, man toe? Uh, oh, I thought um, it was camel toe. That's what I've always heard. Oh, I don't know. I I always thought oh. just like women had camel toe, but what do they call man's like man manimal toe? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. Manimal. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, we will we will be covering that next. Um, so if you want to reach the show on Instagram, uh, uh, we are available at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And I usually handle that end of things. Yeah. And if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you have any uh, movie recommendations or you just want to reach out to us, you can also hit us up through email at mmccpod at gmail.com. And we always thank you for joining us because the more the scarier. That's right. And until next week, uh, we hope you stay spooky. Spooky.